Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. All of these moves in the NBA and the NBA offseason so far has been more entertaining than the NBA actual season seem designed in some sense to try and prepare for an era when LeBron James becomes a free agent. So far, all the teams that are making moves that have made moves, none of them seem designed right now to make a run at the Golden State Warriors crown. Now, maybe the Spurs have something planned. Maybe the Cavs are going to be able to work out something in some form or fashion. But so far, if anything, all that these moves seem to have done is strengthen the grip that the Golden State Warriors have on the title. And also, everybody seems to be terrified of getting left behind like OKC did with Kevin Durant, where you lose a top player and in exchange you receive nothing. That's the motivation for the Paul George trade that may or may not happen. That's why the Lakers are after him. That's why the Cavs are after him. That's why there have been Boston. A lot of different teams connected trying to make a play to get Paul George as a part of their team. But what's fascinating to me is no one is talking about trying to do anything with LeBron James. Now, LeBron James has a no-trade clause, so obviously he would have to be involved in any decision to leave the Cavaliers. But if he's going to leave after next year, why is nobody asking the question, why are the Cavs comfortable being potentially left with nothing when LeBron James opts out of his contract after this coming season? Everybody's obsessed with asking that question about the Indiana Pacers and Paul George. Why isn't everybody asking that question about LeBron James? Is it possible that there could be a need to try and package LeBron James and see if you go ahead and let him start working on the next iteration of his career now? Why is that topic not being discussed anywhere? Is it because the expectation is, well, they can still win the Eastern Conference 
and go to the finals, and that's worth it, even if you know he's going to leave after next year, and even if everybody who watched that series against the Golden State Warriors said, man, I don't feel very good about the Cavs' chances to win a seven-game series against this Warriors team when they're returning the top four players. Maybe the Warriors get a little bit worse if they lose Andre Iguodala. Maybe they can make some moves at the margins. But if Jimmy Butler's not coming, and if Paul George is not coming because of the uncertainty surrounding LeBron James, why in the world would the Cavs not explore the idea of trying to get something for LeBron James instead of losing him with nothing to show for it? Is it simply that, because they've already got one championship, and they feel like they can at least contend for one next year, that they don't need to make any moves at all, even if LeBron walks? Isn't that a bad way of thinking? Shouldn't the Cavs be proactive, just like the Pacers are trying to be with Paul George? In other words, if you're sitting around out there and you're saying, well, the Pacers don't want to get left with Paul George. They better, with Paul George walking out and leaving them nothing in exchange, they better make a move. Why is no one saying that about LeBron James and the Cavs? Let's bring in the crew in the wake of a incredibly productive and wild NBA Tuesday as the morning breaks on a new NBA Wednesday. Will it be as wild as Tuesday was? Let's bring in Jason Martin, uh, Danny G, and my guys uh, out in L.A., uh, Justin. Um, let me go ahead and start with this. Do you think that Paul George, there's several questions out there, so I'm going to give you a couple of questions to begin with and, and poll you guys, and then we're going to go at the bottom of the hour to my guy John Campbell from Odd Shark, and we'll see whether or not there's been any movement in any kind of, uh, of futures deals based on uh, the transactions that we've seen so far. Do you think that Paul George ends up with the Lakers? Because that expectation seems to be out there that ultimately the Pacers are going to agree to a deal and that Paul George wants to go to the Lakers, so it seems the most likely that he's going to go there. So is Paul George going to the Lakers? And are the Cavs able to make any moves at all? I would say those are the two biggest questions that are out there right now. Jason Martin, you're up first. Yes, I definitely think Paul George ends up a Laker, like I said yesterday. I think there's a better chance now that he ends up a Laker before the offseason of next year, although Indiana is asking for a King's Ransom to get Paul George right now. If I'm the Lakers, I'm not giving away the number two pick when I have a really good shot at getting Paul George anyway next season. Like, that just, to me, makes absolutely no sense. So I think we'll, obviously, we'll know a whole lot more in about 24 hours, but my my inclination is still to say I don't think Paul George is a Laker this year. It's possible it happens at the trade deadline, but I just, I'm going to go ahead and suggest he's not going to be there until next year. And then the Cavs moves. And I think this is really interesting. I said I thought LeBron was going to stay. I'm wavering on that a little bit because I feel like Jimmy Butler would be all for going to Cleveland, but for the idea that he thinks LeBron James is not going to be there long term. So he doesn't want to mortgage his future to go somewhere that's about to become a dumpster fire. There was also a report that came out yesterday that Kyrie Irving has told people in Team USA Basketball and some of his very, very close friends that if LeBron leaves and he senses it coming, he may force a trade to get out of Cleveland himself when he realizes there's no possible way to win there anymore after LeBron leaves. So it's a possibility that Dan Gilbert, in the wake of this Griffin huge mistake that he's made, that he could end up losing LeBron and Kyrie Irving and not getting Jimmy Butler and having absolutely nothing and being I, right I back in the I saw that report. 
I saw that report about Kyrie Irving, but why would they ever trade him? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, they've I, got him. I I saw that report. It didn't didn't make any sense to me because they've got Kyrie Irving. I think it's locked up for three more years after this one. I mean, he there and he's obviously a great player who brings in a lot of attention and is fascinating to watch on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, that's one of the reports that I saw that made no sense. Like Kyrie Irving may want to be traded, but so what? I mean, if I'm if I'm Dan Gilbert, I'm like that's why I signed you to a multi year contract and I'm paying you twenty million dollars a year. The bigger question I think for Dan Gilbert is why why on earth would you not at least consider shopping LeBron James? Well, let me answer that because I read this in a couple of different Cleveland uh, pieces of media yesterday and I actually heard it nationally in a few places yesterday as well because that question was sort of ballyhooed around and tossed around. And basically the sentiment is you can't trade LeBron out of Cleveland because the fans will absolutely riot on the team regardless because they don't care about the future they care about this one guy they do not like you can't let him go until he walks out the door they're willing to be Kevin Duranted it was kind of what I saw unanimously now is that stupid you can argue that one way or the other but these people are so tied to this one athlete because of his tertiary you know rule of where he came from and all of the things that he's done for the area and all of that that they simply won't allow him to be traded. Yeah, I just don't buy that. I mean, I think that's where when you're the owner, you have to do what's in the best interest of the team. And if LeBron James wants to get a head start on trying to build his next super team, there's no way. If Jimmy Butler and Paul George truly are are putting up obstacles to the idea that they're going to be traded to Cleveland, then there's no way for Cleveland to put together any kind of team that can contend for a championship right now. It's almost like you just have to wait for the Warriors' facade to crack. And that's why I would at least explore the possibility of putting LeBron James on the block. Like, where do you want to go, LeBron? You have a no-trade clause. It seems like you're interested in going to L.A. to join the Lakers. They've cleared a lot of cap room. Uh, obviously, we could trade you. We could take a maybe an expiring contract from one of those. Maybe we take Lou Aldang, somebody that they have overpaid on the Lakers. And then as a Cavs fan, like you're opening up the future. You've still got Kevin Love. You've still got Kyrie Irving. And you would have a ton of cap space potentially opening up as a lot of guys come on the market. Um, I, I just think it's something you'd have to explore. Is that crazy Danny G and Justin? Let's roll out to L.A. First of all, the Lakers made moves. We talked about this yesterday. They needed to get rid of a couple of their big contracts. Well, they got rid of the Mozgov contract. The uncertainty that we were talking about yesterday was who would they take at number two. Well, now it seems pretty readily apparent that they are going to take Lonzo Ball unless something else happens in the trade market. Seems like Magic Johnson did a pretty good job getting out of one of those contracts. Do you think they get it done and Paul George is a Laker next year? I'm pretty much on board with uh, with Jason on this. I think it's I think it's a possibility. You mentioned this briefly at the beginning of the show. The uh, the idea out there that they're packaging the the number 27 and 28 and want to give them either Jordan Clarkson or Julius Randle to get Paul George now. Uh, I feel like as a fan of the Lakers, I'd be I'd be okay with that if it was Clarkson, not Randle. But you know, sending this number two pick over that's insanity when when he wants to come here anyway. I'd much rather just wait a year and have him you know come in free agency. And as far as the uh, the Cleveland thing goes, I- I'm with I'm with Jason on this. I think it is in the best interest of the franchise not to trade him because if the fans revolt on you, then they're not paying for tickets. And yeah, that does never happen. 
I just like it's always like people are not going to show up at the game. Like they show up. All right. Like the fans can be upset, but if LeBron is going to walk out next year and leave you with nothing behind, the fans are going to revolt again then too. I really do think. Now, it'll be helped somewhat by the fact that he already won one title. And I think people in general in Cleveland will be like, we got what we wanted from LeBron James. He fulfilled the promise. I don't think, I think most Cleveland fans are rational enough to say, we're not going to win a championship next year. I think they are. I think they looked at what happened in the Golden State series and they said, man, Golden State's just better than us. We won one game in this series and it required us playing our best game maybe ever and one of the greatest, if not the greatest, offensive performances in the history of the NBA playoffs in order for us to just win a game. And so I just don't buy into this idea that the fans are completely out to lunch here and will lose their minds if LeBron James leaves a year before LeBron James leaves of his own volition. Uh, I I think that, look, I mean, you still have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. That's a team that makes the playoffs, right, in the East. At best. Yeah, right. But, I mean, like, so what? And then you have a ton of cap space. I think you're underestimating. I I think you're underestimating. This is the strongest tie by far between one athlete and one area ever in the history of team sports. Like, I don't think we've seen anything like this. You say that people won't revolt and people will still buy tickets and all that. that. I'm telling you, Pete Rose in Cincinnati was a pretty strong connection. Derek Jeter in New York. I mean, there's been a lot of places Yeah, but they didn't, like, grow up there. And, like, all of the stuff about LeBron growing up in that area and staying around that area. But he's brought a championship back, and I think most Cavs fans are aware that he's not going to bring another one back. I mean, I don't know that that's true. I think if you've got LeBron James, a lot of people still believe you've always got a chance. That He's going to leave with leave them with nothing. Let's go. Uh, let's go to trending here coming up. Let me get, ask Danny G because he hasn't stepped in yet. Danny G, anything from yesterday that you thought stood out that was worthy of really kind of focus that we haven't hit yet? Yeah, I, I like Magic's vision and what he's starting to do. It feels like Phase One kind of reminds me of how Reggie McKenzie was able to turn around my favorite football team in Oakland. The way he started was by getting rid of all the bad contracts just ridding them off the books, and then phase two, drafting well, and then becoming a force in free agency. So in L.A., the Laker fans and basketball fans here are really excited to see what's going to happen in the draft. And then I I really feel like, Clay, that he wants to add Paul George right now. And, of course, they're at an impasse because the Pacers just want a little too much. So it's a standoff for the moment, but I feel like in the next 48 hours, Magic is going to find a way to work his magic. Well, you know what's crazy about that is I feel like every day the Pacers gain less you know, like less yes. ability here because ultimately they're the ones that have a lot to lose. If Paul George does not come to the Lakers, the Lakers still have salary cap space. They can chase other players. If Paul George walks away at the end of next year and the Pacers get nothing, that's a team and a fan base that's going to explode in, in in anger because that's the worst situation that you can have is a top player leaves for nothing at all. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. Jason Martin, what do you got for us? 
This is on the short list of the greatest and most ridiculous stories ever to be mentioned on this show. In Australia, Clifton Beach, north of Cairns. All right, stop. Stop right now. Stop right now. Fake story. Fake story. I was going to share this one, but I had to do research. See, I was looking to see because it looks so ridiculous to me. I I was like, this can't be real, can it? I know. It's not real. I know. I just I th- it we needs don't to go, be real. We don't want to go CNN, MSNBC, Fox News on you and bring All you right. fake news. Well, the Cairns Times not a real newspaper. Okay, I was afraid that it didn't happen. Okay, yes. good. All right. Well, that that's that's better because it was a ridiculous story. The other one is the most frightening story we definitely ever told here, and that's the King Cobra in the front door in Malaysia. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. It is a giant king cobra first of all and it climbs up this door and there's a video and i can't i can't even look at it like i've seen the still shot i can't watch the video it climbed in through the window hung out in the house did its thing the most frightening thing about this they never managed to capture the snake they don't know what happened to it they don't know if it's inside they don't know if it's going to come back again this is as frightening as it gets like any chance that i ever had of going to malaysia completely over i do not play the snake game it absolutely will never happen and this cobra is not to be trifled with this thing is absolutely just frightening on 800 levels i think the cobra you can make an argument is the scariest animal in the world and look snakes are scary but at least most of the time they stay on the ground but the fact that the cobra rises up i mean it it probably gives people pinpricks and chills right now just thinking about a cobra like climbing up the side of a door and a, and a house to get inside. I believe you've got one for us, Justin. Uh, yes. Over, over the weekend, a, a a famous matador was gored to death during a, a bullfight. Now, I mean, this happens fairly often because it's one of the more ridiculous, uh, in my opinion, occupations to have. But uh, there is video online. The audio is not that great, but it, it, the, the visuals pretty scary he's still alive as he's being carried out of the the bullfighting ring but he he later uh, succumbed to his injuries because he was gored in the lung and uh, also hit a couple of other uh, organs as well tough way to go yes. tough way to go speaking of tough way to go black bears i don't think it's racist to call them that black bears have killed two people in alaska including one guy who was in a race he was just like a, a popular mountain race he somehow went off the trail, the 16-year-old, and he got killed by a black bear. And then a little bit later, another guy got killed by a uh, – got mauled. Uh, and that was uh, 300 miles northeast of Anchorage. And this is crazy, but there was an underground gold mine. It's like that show uh, that I watched for a long time about the guys trying to find gold in Alaska. I don't even remember – what was it called? I can't remember the name of that show. But anyway, it was a pretty good show. Uh, but an underground gold mine reported an employee to take samples killed and another injured. So black bears are on the rampage. Two different people killed in Alaska. And this is crazy because, again, the Animal Thunderdome is rising up. Last fatal bear attack in the greater Anchorage era, 1995. So, man, I don't know what's going on, but the bears are out to get us. Again, Animal Thunderdome indeed. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. So much uncertainty right now in the NBA. So much ridiculousness. It's already been better than the regular season. And even if none of these moves so far have impacted championship odds, there are three teams out there as we come up on the draft tomorrow 
that potentially at any moment today could make additional trades that impact overall the landscape of the NBA. And I think those three teams off the top, the Lakers, the Pacers, and the Cavs. The Lakers, it appears now, are going to take Lonzo Ball at number two overall. That is going to be incredibly entertaining to see how LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball, Luke Walton, and company end up interacting. But there's also now a standstill between the Lakers and the Pacers over the second biggest issue going on right now, which is what's going to happen with Paul George. The biggest issue out there at the moment is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And what in the world is going on with LeBron James that suddenly Paul George and Jimmy Butler both not interested in coming to play potentially for the Cavs because LeBron James might only be there one year. If the Cavs can't make a move, then they remain the second most likely team to win the NBA championship next year with the crew that they've got right now. But they fall way behind right now, the Golden State Warriors. And I think anybody who watched that series would know that basically the entirety of the NBA season is not going to be talking about what's going to happen on the court. It's going to be talking about what LeBron James is going to do with decision 3.0. Decision 1.0 was go to Miami. Decision 2.0 was come back to Cleveland. What is decision 3.0, which will effectively end probably LeBron James's career in the NBA? That's going to be the number one topic all offseason. It really is. And the Golden State Warriors, for all the drama last season, remember it's been almost a year since Kevin Durant announced on July 4th that he would be joining the Golden State Warriors, so far have been under the radar. Now there's at least one other story out there. I tend to think there's nothing to this. It's the talk that Porzingis might be on the market with the Knicks. Uh, I I don't think Phil Jackson is going to make that move unless Phil Jackson is in the business of trying to destroy the New York Knicks, which maybe, to be fair, he is. Maybe he is uh, the ultimate insider trying to destroy the Knicks. It's better, I think, in the NBA when basketball is entertaining in the city of New York, but they haven't won a series in so long or been relevant in so long. I actually feel sorry for Knicks fans at this point. Uh, But to me, the biggest story right now, as I said, is what are the Cavs going to do? If you care about the overall landscape of the NBA, the Cavs are the only team that really has a chance right now to challenge the Warriors. Now, the Spurs are also sitting out there. So far, the only news that we've seen out of San Antonio, and this is typically the case, is that they may be at least potentially, considering making a run at Chris Paul and the Clippers. And the only news that we've seen so far from the Clippers is a leaked report that the Clippers were interested in potentially trading DeAndre Jordan in exchange for a draft pick. All of this circling around, all this drama, all this turmoil, all this this tempest, is it going to actually lead this sound and fury to nothing? It sounds like it might in the end, especially if the Cavs don't make a move. Let's go around the the, the horn here with the crew. Jeff Schwartz from uh, our buddy Jeff Schwartz, former NFL player, joins us every single Wednesday. He'll be in. He's a huge Lakers fan. We'll see what he thinks about these moves. And also we'll ask him about the Kaepernick uh, tweets and uh, and some other ridiculousness that is obviously taking place. We'll see who he likes in the Michael Phelps and the uh, the Shark race as well. But let's go around the horn. Predictions. Predictions between now and Thursday, anything that you think is going to happen that would kind of alter the NBA landscape, I start with you, Jason Martin. Not what has happened, but anything out there that you're paying attention to you think could happen that would be a big story now between uh, now and the NBA draft on Thursday night, tomorrow night. I think I've got some information that people haven't heard yet. This is from the Chicago Sun-Times just after midnight. 
Jimmy Butler was warned Tuesday night to stay away from the Cavaliers. According to a Cleveland source close to the situation, several Cavs who had been prodding Butler to push for a trade from the Bulls over the last five days are now warning him to stay away from a, quote, suddenly volatile situation. It's no coincidence that as Butler was hearing from Cleveland players while vacationing in Europe, news broke that Dwayne Wade informed the Bulls he was exercising his $23.8 million option to return to his hometown team. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Wade also is extremely close to LeBron James. So he knew about how upset James had been after Griffin was let go by Cleveland ownership. And then, even more interesting, Butler has been in the ear of free agent point guard Kyle Lowry as they're trying to get another like traditional point guard because Rondo doesn't really fit in the mix. But there's a new name that's popped up that is mentioned in this article. Through back channels, Kyrie Irving has let it be known that he'd be interested in coming to Chicago. The asking price a little bit too much for the Bulls, so a third team would have to be brought into the mix to make it work. So just looking at all of this and reading the tea leaves, and I said off the top, and before I read this article, I said there's something about this Jimmy Butler all of a sudden deciding because he cares big time about a championship. You've read that about him for a long time. If he doesn't want to go, there's something wrong in Cleveland, and it has to do with not thinking LeBron's going to be there long term or just seeing some kind of real serious turmoil in Cleveland. And you read through all of this, and it tells me, and you can inform this in terms of a prediction, Jimmy Butler's not going to Cleveland. Paul George is not going to Cleveland. And now, I'm not sure anybody's going to stay in Cleveland if they can find a way out. I don't know. You you know, you made a point in the first hour when we talked about potentially Kyrie Irving saying he could force a trade. You know, it would be difficult. If they wanted to keep him, they could keep him. But maybe he becomes such a malcontent that he fights his way out of town. Or, you know, I, I don't know exactly how it gets done. But that's a lot of information that seems to indicate that the Cleveland Cavaliers have completely detonated since the NBA Finals completely detonated because five days ago everybody was saying Jimmy Butler needed to come to Cleveland even as late as yesterday afternoon Jimmy Butler wanted to come to Cleveland and then last night the reports started to leak out that he was changing his mind really wanted to win in Chicago but you look at Chicago's situation they're nowhere in the vicinity of a championship so why would he not want to go to Cleveland it's because it's a complete dumpster fire in Cleveland based on all the stuff I just read you yeah, it's, it's a strange situation. And, and again, that's why I circle back around to I, I don't know what the long-range decision of LeBron James is, and, and I'm sure that nobody really knows. And maybe even LeBron himself doesn't know. But don't you have to go ahead and explore what the future might look like without LeBron James? Let's go into the L.A. crew. Guys, anything out there that you think, if you're predicting anything that you're paying attention to, not about necessarily what's happened. People can go back and listen on the podcast. Everything that's happened, we'll obviously touch on that in hour three as well. But something that you think could happen in the next day and a half, basically, as we come up on the NBA draft. Yeah, I think it's really intriguing to talk about what could possibly happen with Lonzo Ball because sources yesterday had the Lakers trying to make a deal with the Sacramento Kings that would have switched them with uh, the Kings number five and number 10. That's what the Lakers would have got for their number two pick. So the Lakers would have had two picks in the top 10. And and, and what everybody was thinking was that the Lakers would deal number 10 to Indiana to get Paul. And they'd still have that number five pick to, say, draft a Jason Tatum or a De'Aaron Fox. So it feels like the Lakers are not 100% sold on Lonzo. So that, that's super intriguing. 
And that's a story that we've been talking about for months now is what's going to happen with the number two pick because I think Markel Fultz at the number one pick, if you paid attention, we had just had John Campbell on at the bottom of the first hour. He told us, look, I mean, it, that he has been, Fultz has a prohibitive favorite to be the number one overall pick for a long time, at least since the NBA lottery got done. And even before the lottery, before we knew who was picking at number one, he was the favorite. So it looks like Alonzo Ball is going to go two, but there's still a lot that can happen between now and and the actual NBA draft tomorrow night. And anyway, the NBA regular season, so much drama. If you're not on Twitter, this is the time of year to be on Twitter because anything can happen. If you like drama, the NBA uh, NBA kind of recalibrating and all these trades that are happening, definitely the most intriguing story that's happening in the world of sports right now. Okay. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Going to get to the performances by Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger. And I've got some trivia for the crew. I'm curious if we can figure out what all of these numbers are. Aaron Judge, 24 home runs on the year. The Yankees rookie. And Cody Bellinger, also the Dodgers rookie, I believe, right, with 22 home runs. And last night, it got ugly for the Mets. The Dodgers hosted the New York Mets, beat them down, pounding them 12-0. Cody Bellinger blasted his 22nd home run, added to his Rookie of the Year case. But this was all about Corey Seager. In fact, he went yard three different times, and here is one of them. Fly ball, left field. Cespin is going back, way back at the wall. Seager has just hit his third of the night. A three-run shot for the Dodgers. It's a perfect 10 to nothing. That call courtesy of AM570, our affiliate out in L.A., as well as the Dodgers radio network. Seager hit three last night, and here's a wild stat for you. Dodgers have hit 27 home runs in their last 10 games. Is the ball juiced? Maybe guys aren't using steroids, but there's an awful lot of home runs going on. That's a historic stretch for the Dodgers. The most powerful 10-game hitting stretch in 134 years of Dodgers baseball. That's your Geico play of the day. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. And here's what's kind of crazy about baseball right now okay we got two guys rookie of the year candidates who also potentially are MVP candidates Aaron Judge with 24 Cody Bellinger with 22 I'm looking at their stats I was like okay how are they doing and all the different things that come after these home runs I don't know about you but when I was a kid I'm old enough to remember getting the newspaper and like looking up the box score and not knowing what was going to happen in the game and so what I, w- I would wake up the next morning, especially if it was a West Coast game, I grew up a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. I'd go to the box score. What did Eric Davis do? What did Barry Larkin do? What did the Reds do? Like, I'd get the newspaper and look at the actual box score. And you'd get the home run list, and they would rank the guys who, were, uh, who would hit the most home runs. You'd look at it. Here is all the data now that they give you on home runs. And I am just happen to be on right now the ESPN.com home run leaders list in Major League Baseball. So... Aaron Judge with 24 home runs, Cody Bellinger with 22. Right now, both of those guys, according to this projection, are expected to get 50 home runs or more. Aaron Judge on pace for 57, and Cody Bellinger on pace for 50. Here's where things get crazy. There's something, here's all the different data they have on these home runs, all right? I'm going to give them to you. I have no idea what these actually all mean. 
The first data point I get is apex. And for Aaron Judge, the apex is 93.67. For Cody Bellinger, it's 83.23. I'm assuming his apex like the highest the ball gets in the air. Anybody know? Nope. Any ideas, L.A., any ideas? All right, first stat after home runs, apex. Next one is D-I-S-T. I'm guessing that's for distance. They now measure the average home run distance. Aaron Judge averaging 413 feet. The next one is SPD speed. Is that like the speed of the ball off their bat? Yeah, that's what that is. When did this start that they can keep get that stat? They started that like four seasons ago. All right, I had no idea that. Was I have all on. this. I have a glossary in front of me now, so we're good to go. All right, the next one is duration. Like they can is that is that how long the ball's in the air? It's how, probably how long it takes for it to get out of the yard, like off from from off the bat to over the fence. Uh, I think it's probably the amount of time Could the ball's be in, in the air. In the Could air. be. But, I mean, usually I think, when it's when it gets over the fence, most of the time it's about a second or two before it's in the seats and it's done. Yeah. All right. So, parks. What does parks mean? The value indicates the number of MLB ballparks out of 30 in which the ball in question would have been a home run if the ball had been struck in weather conditions of 70 <laughs> degrees and no wind. What an unbelievable what? stat that is. I, I hate how? baseball. I, I freaking hate no, baseball. Wait, wait, wait. That deserves one of these. Take that for data. Did <laughs> a whole man, lot of data. Did anybody know that was a stat? Like, I'm looking at these, and I'm like, I, when I was a kid, all we got was the home run total. Like, you look, and you just get the home run total. We got projected home runs now. We got apex. We got distribution or distance. We got speed. We got duration. We've got parks. So this is taking into account how many home runs they would have in an average baseball park. What is that stat you just read again? parks this value i'm gonna reread this because it's so crazy this value this is one sentence this value indicates the number of mlb ballparks out of 30 in which the ball in question would have been a home run if the ball had been struck in weather conditions of 70 degrees and no wind it's amazing well that makes sense because usually home runs are you only hit at this rate in colorado or cincinnati <laughs> that's true All right, so there's two evidently marcel ozuna and let's see justin bauer who should have 27 and 28 home runs, respectively, if they were playing anywhere else. And Giancarlo Stanton, too. So uh, that's according to the Parks stat, which I've never heard before until I just looked this up. All right, next one is ND. What does ND stand for? I have no idea. I believe that. I'm going to assume, because it's not written on here, that it's no doubt home run. ND, that would make sense, means the ball cleared the fence by at least 20 vertical feet and landed at least 50 feet past the fence. Who are these losers keeping track this of is why all I this hate data? Baseball. <laughs> this is why I hate baseball. Can you imagine the nerds? Like, rotisserie baseball and all the stuff, the sabermetrics and everything that came from baseball, like, all of this is nonsense. Like, I can watch a baseball game, but if you start throwing all this at me, I'm done, man. Like, I was finished with math in school. Like, I'm not doing any more math unless we're timing out radio shows. That's it. Like, all this stuff, no. All right, the next category for home run. Again, if you're just tuning in, what I am doing, I just happened. I was like, I want to know how these guys are looking, you know, for home run list. I just wanted to look up who was leading Major League Baseball in home runs. And it's Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger, both rookies. Uh, Aaron Judge with 24 for the Yankees and Cody Bellinger with 22 for the Dodgers. And then all these different data points, apex, distance, Speed, duration, parks, ND, which we're saying no doubt. The next one is JE. Yeah, that's just enough home run. Just 
means the ball cleared the fence by less than 10 vertical feet or that it landed less than one fence height past the fence. These are the ones that barely made it over. Just enough. Like, this is an actual category. We've got it no is. doubt and just enough home runs. And yes. then the final category here, win percentage delta, which I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, that sounds like something that would be said into a uh, into a uh, microphone during a uh, like a Navy SEAL raid. I have no idea what win percentage delta is. That's not in my glossary at all. Hmm. What it, what does it say for each player? I mean, everybody's win percentage delta is different. I mean, the, I don't know if it's good or bad to be low or high. So that's, that's not helping me here. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, when in the game they hit most of their home runs. And how it equates to winning. Right. Because one thing about Bellinger that people have been making a fuss about in Southern California, the majority of his home runs have come late in games to help the W's. All right, so anyway, he's got uh, – Judge has got a 10.1 win percentage delta, and Bellinger has a 10.2%. Like, does anybody actually look at that? I mean, I'm blown away that all these stats are actually out there. And the guy who has the highest win percentage delta, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, right now is Ryan Zimmerman of the Washington Nationals. It's not a numbers a thing, guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. He's got an, yeah, he's got an 184 Win percentage delta. I, again, I have no idea what any of this means. I consider I myself thought, a baseball fan, and this is the first time I've ever heard of all of those. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I just wanted to know who had the most home runs, and then I look at all this data, and I have no idea what's going on. My head is swimming. Am I an idiot, or is everybody else out there as confused by all this as I am? Who are these people with all this time who are keeping track of all this data? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Big story, obviously, in the world of sports right now. We are a day and a half away. Tomorrow, day and a half, if you count the evening. Tomorrow night, the NBA draft is going on. We know the overall number one pick. We now know we think the overall number two pick as a result of the Lakers trade. And if you're just waking up across the country, who knows what might transpire today it's a good day to be active on Twitter. I'm at Clay Travis. You can go find me there. Jason Martin is at Jmart Outkick. Uh, Danny G and Justin, what are your uh, what are your handles? Mine's at Danny G Radio. And Justin <laughs> lost an opportunity to get himself a it's, plug there. No, because I know you're going to make fun of it. I'm, you I'm did ready the first to make time. fun of it because yeah. I know what it is. <laughs> it's the worst name ever. You know, you know what, Clay? He paused on purpose and looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, you could say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go it's, right ahead. It's at a Bronco fan, UH Bronco fan. Oh, what yeah. are you thinking? I, I just, I, I feel like people need to be given lessons in Twitter names. Like, I look at all these NBA guys' Twitter handles. And, like, sometimes it makes sense, all right? Like, LeBron James is at King James. But I saw the other day where, where uh, De'Aaron Fox is, like, at Swiper the Fox or something like that. Like, how do you find those, right? Just make it your name or associate it with your name. That's how you build your brand. You don't build your brand like you, uh, you, you idiot, with your what – your, what is your name again? A Bronco <laughs> fan? Like, you can easily change your name. Like, you could be at Cooper on Fox, right? At Liar, like you, Liar. At, or at Kid Lyle Liar or whatever. Like, whatever you want to brand yourself. And if you don't know, uh, Justin was the kid from Liar Liar. He used to be a child actor. But, like, just because you have a complicated name now doesn't mean you can't change it. So if I were advising these guys, I'd always be like, think of what people are going to type in to try to find you and then use that as your name. And obviously, if your name is Joe Smith, 
and everybody else has the exact same name as you. That's a difference maker. But for a guy like De'Aaron Fox, he could have easily been just at De'Aaron Fox, right? There's probably not a single other person before he became famous with that name. And if they did, he could be at De'Aaron Fox and whatever you know jersey number he likes to wear. So it would have been relatively easy to find him. I don't get it, right? Like I see some of these guys' Twitter handles, and I'm like, what advice were you getting? Here's my advice to all the high school kids driving into school right now. If you have a Twitter handle that is insanely difficult, the other thing is don't put underscores. I'm incredibly anti-underscore. Like, yes. Nobody can find the underscore on the – like, same thing with, with emails. Like, your name is so important that you have to have an underscore there? No. I was trying Add to find – the end, yeah. I was trying to find Paul George's Twitter handle the other day, and I was so frustrated because there were a few different ones listed because obviously a lot of the athletes, there's fake accounts. Right. And his real account is YG underscore Trace. Like, and- why? <laughs> Just because you came well, – yeah – just because you came up with that handle before you were famous, once you become famous, they'll help you get your name at Twitter. They'll help you make sense so everybody can find it. Like, YG underscore, what did you say it was? Trace, T-R-E-C-E. I, like, and I'm guessing the YG was for Young George. So I'm thinking, I think you're right. A lot of these handles were made when, you know, we were kids. Like 11 and 12-year-olds decide, okay, I'm going to make a Twitter handle. But it, but by the time you get to be an adult, it, it's the same thing with like email addresses. Um, you know, if you have a – like get rid of the ones – if you're applying for jobs, get rid of the ones that don't sound professional, right? <laughs> like if you are – if you're trying to get hired at a law firm and your, uh, you know, your email address is – bangbus69 at <laughs> aol.com i'm not hiring you even though the bangbus back in the day was an iconic porn website and you may have thought it was funny to have that as an email address like at some point just make it your name and you know at gmail or wherever you want to have it like have a legitimate sounding email address so in the same way you should have a legitimate sounding uh twitter handle right like i don't get the absurdity of like some, how difficult some of these are defined. I, I always think about this from a basic use standpoint. If somebody wants to find me, I want them to type Clay Travis in Twitter and for it to immediately come up. And that's why I'm at Clay Travis, literally as easy to find as possible. Now, my name's not that common. So if for some reason you have a name that's not very common, then you can change it. Anyway, that's my rant for all the NBA guys because you're going to see these guys get drafted and their random Twitter handles are going to come up, and they're going to look ridiculous, and you're going to be like, why can't you just have your actual name instead of making me, what is Paul George again? <laughs> At YG underscore no. Trace. See, that's proof right there that it's not memorable. YG underscore Trace. If you use an underscore in your email address or in your Twitter handle or like your Instagram or whatever else, you should be slapped in the face with a catfish. I mean, it is a stupid decision you should be penalized for it. There's no point in time where the underscore should ever be utilized. I shouldn't be sitting in front of my keyboard, like just staring at it right now. Like I've got my computer out right now, and even finding the underscore button frustrates me. Can right? I defend like, myself real quick here? No, you can't because you've Your made an awful, awful decision. No, I, I, look, the more popular and more well-known you become, I'm pretty sure if you type into the search box in, on Twitter, Paul George, He's going to be the first one that comes up, regardless of what his actual at handle is. And I'm pretty sure if you type in Justin Cooper, I'm I'm fairly confident I'm the first one that comes up. 
All right, I just typed in Paul I did. George. It does work. He's right about that. Yeah, but if what, you if type you're, it all what if you're not on Twitter, though? Because I was reading an article, and I was on the internet, so I just went to my Google box real quick. I wasn't in my Twitter app, so that doesn't always work. Yeah, and the other thing is, a lot of times you're trying to tag somebody, like in a tweet, and I think that's also, like, you're in a hurry, and, I, and I've got an opinion, and I want to tag somebody. It's it's almost impossible to find them. You know, yeah, like you, that. you can't like if I'm just sitting there and I hit the ad button. These are uh, first world problems, right? Obviously, when I hit the ad button, like you should, my first thought should be, okay, I can just put in your name, and it should be able to come up if you're famous. Um, and a lot of times that doesn't happen. By the way, the reason why we're talking about this, obviously the NBA draft going on on Thursday, uh, and if somehow you missed all the news yesterday, the Lakers have made a big trade. They've cleared up a lot of cap space. It looks like they're going to take Lonzo Ball at number two. We have a question about what the Cavs are going to do as Jimmy Butler and Paul George both reportedly not wanting to go to Cleveland to play with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Potentially they would trade Kevin Love, but that might not be happening. Dwight Howard is headed to Charlotte from Atlanta. The NBA is a little bit drunk, it seems. Everything crazy that can happen is happening. What is going to happen with Paul George? Will the Lakers get him this year? Will they roll the dice, not be able to get it done? Pacers wanting potentially that number two pick, holding out for it. Does someone blink? What's going to happen with the Lakers, the Pacers, and the Cavs? I think those are the three teams that are probably still at the top of the list, creating some of this chaos. Uh, We asked earlier what we thought would happen. I gave predictions. You can go back and listen to the OutKick podcast, but I'm going to hit you guys now here, go around the horn. I believe that Paul George will play for the Lakers next year. That's my prediction right now. Do you guys agree with me that Paul George is going to go to the Lakers? Do you think he'll stick with the Pacers, or do you think he'll go elsewhere, Jason Martin? I think it'll be next year. I don't necessarily see it happening in the next 24 hours, although it could. But I absolutely 1,000% believe he's a Laker next year. I think that's where he wants to go. So he you wants think to get back the Pacers, to that area. You think the Pacers are going to keep him and just allow him to walk for nothing? Well, I don't necessarily know that. I don't know when. Look, it's like you've bought tickets that you're planning on scalping somewhere or you're trying to sell on you know one of these internet resale sites and you put them at an exorbitant price. And then three hours before the event, that price comes down because you don't want to lose all your money. So we could see the Pacers finally sort of back off a little bit and say, all right, we tried to ask for a King's ransom, but we get it. We don't really have any leverage here because everybody knows he's gone at the end of the season. So what will you offer us? So it's very possible it can get done. Just I don't what they're asking for right now is too much. They're going to have to come off of that, and I do think that that's that's a possibility. As it stands now with what they're asking for, he's not going to be there. If they change that, then I think he might be there. But he'll be there next year no matter what. In L.A., obviously, where people are in the middle of a Laker frenzy, maybe the Lakers number two on the most delusional fan base in the NBA list behind the Spurs fans. How dare Spurs you? Fans still, Spurs fans still sitting out there saying, "If you know what would have happened if Kawhi uh, Leonard hadn't uh, sprained his ankle, we would have beaten the Warriors. No, you wouldn't have. Shut up. You look like idiots. Uh, the Spur, the Lakers are convinced that like uh, every top player in the NBA is going to be on their team within the next couple of years. But do you guys think that Paul George will be a Laker this coming season? It's kind of funny that you say that because uh, inside the hallways here, we have this game in L.A. that we play. It's called Hashtag Future Laker. 
And we have- Please don't do this. We do, I've, I've seen this on the chat. Yes. You and Robert are completely ridiculous. <laughs> Jeff Schwartz is ridiculous. Oh, every Laker ridiculous. fan believes Coop. we already had. Every Laker fan believes that everybody wants to be a Laker. Yeah. So like Coop, Coop is in on this you're going to get everybody. Yes. So hashtag future Laker. Of course, Paul George this year. Hashtag future Laker. And then Le- what? And Russell then, Westbrook. Uh, yeah. LeBron James. LeBron James. And also Anthony Davis. Right yeah, why not have the unibrow? Oh, so, my gosh. <laughs> 1998 now, Michael Jordan. <laughs> now, now we say it half, half jokingly. The great thing about Jeff being with you earlier, he was saying it all as if it was a fact that they're all coming. So yeah, you guys are out of hand. Gotta love hashtag future Laker. Like, yes, uh, hashtag future Laker. So whenever we hear grumblings of a player not happy here, there we say we look at each other and we're like hashtag future Laker. <laughs> Everybody headed yes, to the Lakers. They're all coming. Paul George is definitely gonna be in purple and gold this coming season. Justin, I'm sure hashtag future Laker. You agree? I agree, and I, but I think Jason laid it out perfectly. At the at what they're asking for, it's not going to happen, and I wouldn't want it to happen. But I do believe that they're going to lower their asking price because what other choice do they have? Lonzo Ball hashtag future Laker. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Unless, All right, so that's, unless they do something with that number two pick, like what they were talking about with the Kings. I mean, that's intriguing, but that's all. I, that seems like a lot. Like I, I think you still want Lonzo Ball if you're the Lakers, rather than moving one of those two picks and then not necessarily having a point guard to go with Paul George. I think Lonzo Ball being the playmaker, the unselfish guy, he can make a jumper, but getting the ball to a Paul George, getting the ball inside hopefully to a Julius Randle if you're able to keep him and move Clarkson or something like that, I think that's a much better play than getting 5-10, and trying to move one of those to get Paul George when you probably have an 85-90% to chance of getting Paul George next year one way or the other without having to do that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. You've got mail, mother Anonymous mail, babe! Play, I played in a co-ed softball game last night, and I'm in a predicament. Long story short, I'm playing shortstop with the bases loaded and field a ground ball in the baseline. A girl runs right into me and flatbacks herself. I turn, too, because the play's still going on. I then check on the girl that ran into me, and after a minute, she's fine and heads back to the dugout. Then her friend starts laying into me and calling me all sorts of names. Whatever, I can handle insults. Here's where I need some advice. After the game, I'm walking to my car, and I see the girl was chirping with a few of her friends. They walk by, and out of nowhere, the girl throws some kind of alcoholic beverage in my face. It stings pretty bad, blinds me for a few minutes. So as I see it, I have one of four options because I obviously couldn't hit her. One, press charges, which I already filed a police report. Two, get her kicked out of the league. Three, sub on the team she is playing against next week and sort it out there. Four, debap and go about my business as some chick got away with blasting my face with a drink. What do I do? Several different levels to hit here. First of all, have you guys ever played co-ed sports around the horn? Jason Martin, Danny G, or Justin? Yeah, I mean, I've played co-ed softball. I've played a little bit of that. I've played, like, some flag football that was co-ed and stuff like that. That was sort of unorganized. Softball's the only, I think, organized co-ed stuff I've ever done. Yeah, same for me. I played co-ed softball before. All right, so the challenge when you're playing co-ed sports in general is not to hurt a girl. Right. I mean, I think everybody out there recognizes like I've played co-ed kickball. I've played co-ed softball. I've played co-ed. I've played a lot of co-ed co-ed flag football. Basically, if you can play it in, in intramurals or some point in time, I have played. So 
The guy, I think, didn't do anything wrong based on the way he's describing it, although the reaction of the girls would suggest otherwise. Here's the deal. If you are a girl listening to this right now and you play co-ed sports, you have to understand that it's tougher than girl sports standing alone because the guys are bigger, stronger, and faster. And so what otherwise might not have been, and you know, like you're going to run into somebody and bounce back and get hurt if you're playing like co- uh, like girls softball, the guy's bigger. So if he's playing shortstop and you run into him, you're going to bounce back farther. It's simple laws of physics. So the girls have to be tough, right? You have to be tougher as a girl when you're playing co-ed sports. Also, the guys, you have to be better at like, like I'll give you an example. When I would throw a kickball at a girl in co-ed softball, I mean, so co-ed kickball, I would throw it a little bit softer than I would a guy, right? And I wouldn't try to, you, you couldn't hit somebody in the head, but I certainly wouldn't go high. Now, you don't want to go too low because anybody who's played kickball remembers, like you can get them right in the legs and you just sweep their legs out from underneath them because if you get them tripped and everything else. So you try to go simple body, but I definitely would throw the ball softer at a girl right, than I would a guy because I'm not trying to like, uh, I don't know, it's probably not fair, but I'm just, I'm bigger and stronger than the girl, so I'm not trying to peg her at the same level. Having said that, this girl's reaction, way out of line, okay? You can't throw a beer at somebody, like liquor in their face, because you ran into them on the base paths. If this were guys, that ends in a fight. You also, as the guy though, you can't, first of all, you can't even file a police report on this. Are we do we agree around the horn that you cannot file a police yes. report on a girl who's angry at you in co-ed softball and throws alcohol in your face, Jason Martin? Yeah, you can't do that. Like that's that's patently Danny, absurd. I think yeah. is the phraseology on this show. <laughs> yeah, that Danny is, G and Justin can't yeah. file a police report at no, all. No, right? that's a pussy willow move. Total pussy willow yes. move to, to to decide to file a police report. So you certainly can't press charges. I would just let this go. And first of all. The guy says he's blinded for several minutes. What was in the liquor? What was in the in the beer? <coughs> I don't know what happened there, but I think you should be able to survive in less than several minutes. But I, I I understand like wanting to get this resolved in some way. You definitely can't sub on against the team that's playing against her next time and talk to her. It's likely that you will cross paths at some point. My bet is it's co-ed softball. She was drunk, and she overreacted. I'm also not sure if this was the friend who did this, or if this was the girl that you ran into. Either way, I think she probably feels bad about what she did. I think that likely if you see her again, you can be like, look, I didn't mean to knock you over, but I think you were kind of being a jerk when you threw liquor in my face after the game. And I think that probably resolves it. I don't think you escalate the situation. I think you just let it go and don't go anywhere further from here. Any disagreement with that advice? Nope. No, perfect advice for me. That's why I am the most reliable advice giver on the internet and on radio, and someday probably once more on television as well. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 